Welcome to the Finding Freedom with Food podcast. I'm Cindy Fox, certified intuitive eating counselor, coach, and registered health professional. If you've spent years struggling with food and body image issues, and you're tired of having stress around food control your life, I'm here to help. Here on Finding Freedom with Food, I teach you how to step away from dieting, learn to trust yourself with food, and eat intuitively. Each week, I'll be dismantling unhealthy diet culture practices that are keeping you disconnected from your body's innate wisdom, and I'll be sharing my best tools, strategies, and mindset shifts to help you rebuild the peaceful, sustainable relationship with food in your body that you were born to have. In addition to this podcast, I'm always sharing free resources on my website, findingfreedomwithfood.com, and social. So find me at finding.freedom.with.food on Instagram and findingfreedomwithfood without the dots on other social platforms. Eating really can be effortless, pleasurable, and fun again. So if you're ready to get reacquainted with the intuitive eater inside of you, let's dive on in. Have you ever thought about, and I mean really thought about, the amount of time and energy you invest in the quest to shrink your body, or the amount of time you spent criticizing yourself for what you perceive as your flaws? Most of the women that I work with greatly underestimate the amount of time that they spend thinking about food, shaming themselves for eating, and criticizing their bodies. Now, as a society, our obsession with shrinking our bodies has some real and detrimental consequences. The sad reality is that it keeps us playing small when we could be putting ourselves out there to create, connect, experience, and really, quite frankly, change our lives and really contribute to the world. Now, it's hard to put ourselves out there and feel worthy of experiencing good things when we're consumed with judgment, shame, and self-hatred. The truth is that negative body image is causing so many of us to put life on hold in one way or another. Now, maybe you find yourself thinking, when I lose weight, I'll book that trip to the Caribbean, or I'll feel better about getting back into the dating world, or I'll feel more confident going after that promotion. Maybe I'll feel more ready to start a business. These are just a few examples of dreams put on hold. Now, what about the day-to-day things you may be avoiding that are keeping you from living the full life you deserve? Have you ever avoided going to the beach or pool because you just didn't want to be seen in a bathing suit? Or have you skipped a workout class because you were too self-conscious to wear workout clothes in public? Have you skipped socializing with friends because you were not feeling good about the way you looked and you didn't feel like you had a a comfortable or well-fitting outfit? Or have you hid in the background of photographs or avoided being in them altogether? If you answered yes to any of these questions, your perception of your body may be holding you back from really living your life. And you're not alone. Millions of women and men are dissatisfied with their bodies. And here's the thing. We actually don't have to love our bodies to fully, more fully experience life in them. It's time to dig deep and evaluate what you may be putting on hold until the day your body is different. Now, you may be thinking, okay, Cindy, experiencing life more fully sounds great, but that's not so easy when you've spent years or decades convinced that weight loss is the answer to your happiness. And I hear you. I want to dive into that weight loss equals happiness trap for a minute. 
Now, in all of my years of coaching people on personal, professional, and health-focused goals, I've learned that there are two universal realities. And the first one is that living according to other people's standards will make you miserable. And the second one is trying to find lasting happiness by making only external changes doesn't work. Now, if you've been preoccupied with losing weight, it's important to look at where that desire and motivation is coming from. Most often, it's either a desire to live up to external standards or a belief that changing your outside will make you feel better on the inside. Trying to live according to other people's expectations, it is not a pleasant way to live. Now, whether it's what you should study or where you should work or who you should marry, this often leads to frustration, anxiety, depression, and quite frankly, exhaustion. And it just sucks. Now, the same is true for weight loss and body image. Diet culture and the wellness industry are all too happy to tell you how you should look. But trying to look the way that the media tells you you should look will make you about as happy as trying really hard to be a lawyer or an accountant just because your dad thinks that you should. Now, as for external changes leading to internal shifts, the message that we consistently get is that being in a smaller body will make us confident and happy. And it's pretty natural to want to be confident and happy, right? So if being in a smaller body got you there, it would make sense to invest a lot of time and energy into shrinking your body. The truth is this logic is completely backwards. Trying to become confident and happy by altering your physical appearance is like cleaning the attic when the basement's a mess. No matter how much time you spend cleaning the attic, it will never magically translate into having a cleaner basement. Sorry, you got to do the work on the basement, my friend. Now, a much better way to boost your confidence is to focus on altering long-term standing beliefs that we hold about ourselves and the world. Now, the poet Shane Coisen, he's known for some really powerful and emotional writing about issues, including bullying and eating disorders. And in his poem, The Short Long Story, he writes... We've been stuck inside a mentality that suggests changing yourself is limited only to your dimensions, as if our bodies are customizable, but our attitudes and beliefs are not. I love that because the truth is our thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs have the power to help us move forward or to hold us back. Byron Katie said, there's always a particular thought that triggers any stressful feeling. And so the thoughts that we have about our particular circumstances are what drives our feelings, actions, and ultimately is what produces our results. So let's take a look at how this plays out with body image for a minute. So it starts with the thoughts that we have about our body. Things like, I hate my thighs. I wish I was thinner. I look horrible. I hate the way I look in a bathing suit. It's just a couple examples. Now, these thoughts create feelings. Maybe they make me feel ashamed or disgusted or discouraged. And from those feelings is where we take action. So what we do or we don't do is driven by what we're feeling. So what we decide to wear or how we carry ourselves or how we care for our bodies, you know, whether we'll exercise in public or at all, or sometimes, you know, we engage in self-sabotaging eating behavior behaviors to buffer negative emotions. Now, at the end of the day, it's our actions that create our results. And of course, negative thoughts will typically lead to undesirable results. Here's the good news. 
our thoughts are actually optional. Now, I get that they can feel totally true, especially if they're thoughts that we've been thinking for a long time, but many of our thoughts are likely just things that have become automatic and they're just running on autopilot in our mind. The more we think a thought, the more our brains will find evidence to prove that thought true. Our brains like to be efficient, and so they're gonna look for the path of least resistance. And this is why examining and questioning these thoughts is so important. So my first recommendation is to start to pay close attention to your inner dialogue and get in the habit of doing what I call daily mental hygiene, to uncover negative thought patterns and then focus on shifting to more productive and positive thought. Now, I'll be sharing some of my tools and my strategies for managing and shifting negative thoughts in more detail in some upcoming episodes, so stay tuned for that. Now, a healthy relationship with your body does not require loving your body, but to some extent, it does require accepting it. Now, this means caring for it and appreciating what it does for you rather than criticizing and critiquing it for being less than your imagined ideal. So consider things that you might do for yourself that show kindness and respect for your body, even though you might not feel very satisfied with it. So things like self-care, getting enough sleep, finding forms of exercise that feel good and that you'll do consistently, or practicing mindfulness and, and relaxation techniques. Another really important one is eating enough throughout the day to keep your body fueled. Not only is this good self-care, but it will also help prevent overeating or binge eating episodes, which only fuel negative emotions. Now, it also helps to focus on gratitude and on all of the amazing things that your body does for you. So for example, my eyes allow me to experience my surroundings, to learn and to take in information and see all the beauty and even the pain of the human experience. My hands, they allow me to create and to comfort and to create delicious food or to hug a loved one or a pet. And my legs, they carry me through the day and allow me to do pleasurable things like dance or exercise and play. Now, it's easy to take these things for granted, so I encourage you to spend some time really thinking about the things your body allows you to do that you are most grateful for. So the next thing that I wanna talk about is our sense of self-worth and our value. So much of our self-worth has nothing to do with our body. I recommend that you create a written list of traits and characteristics that you possess and value that you bring to the world that have nothing to do with your body and appearance. So things like your innate talents, your intelligence, your artistic abilities, or your ability to do things like build rapport with others. Also personal uh, traits that you possess. So things like being funny or tenacious or compassionate, or maybe you're a really good listener. Also develop skills. So things like creative problem solving skills or exceptional supervisory skills, or maybe you're really good at conflict management or you have great organizational skills. Now, also relationships or family life and friendships. So things like being a loving parent or a supportive friend. Now, once you create this list, consider whether any of these descriptions of yourself change if your physical appearance changes. More than likely, they do not. This is a great reminder that you are more than just your physical body. So putting less emphasis on physical appearance does not mean that we disregard actions to be healthy and fit. Body neutral thinking just means that we accept who we are, we appreciate all the things about our body and what it can do for us, and 
If we're able to make any desired physical changes, we do it in a realistic, reasonable, emotionally positive, and body-caring way. And it means seeing our physical appearance as only one, one small portion of who we are, and it encourages us to consider the potential we have to positively impact ourselves and those around us. Now, keep in mind, the things that you have been avoiding because you feel too self-conscious about your body may be the very things that you need to do to help you live your healthiest, happiest, fullest life. So taking your life off hold and re-engaging in relationships, activities, and new pursuits can be part of what it takes to feel better about yourself, and that includes your body. If you need support to help with improving your body image, my free resource, Navigating Bad Body Image Days, can help. Just go to BoostBodyImage.com to download a free copy. I've also provided a link in the show notes. Now, we can live life now and leave our mark on the world, or we can live small. I hope that you take at least one recommendation from this episode away and start putting it into practice this week. Every action, no matter how small, can begin to heal your relationship with your body from the inside out. Now, you may have heard me say this before, but I think it's worth repeating. Your body is not an ongoing project to be fixing. Your body and what it looks like is not the most important or interesting thing about you. Your body is the vessel by which you experience the world, and you deserve to do that with an open heart, with a joyful spirit, and a willingness to be seen and heard. Now, you are amazing just the way you are, and don't you forget it. Until next time, I want you to spend less time focusing on your perceived flaws and way more time focusing on the beautiful parts of what makes you, you. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Finding Freedom with Food podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes for any resources mentioned in this episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave the show a review and let me know what you want to hear more of. Leaving a review will also help others get inspiration, support, and resources to help them on their food freedom journey. If you found this episode helpful, share it on social media and don't forget to tag me at finding.freedom.with.food on Instagram and finding freedom with food without the dots on other social media platforms. And remember, you are not put on this earth to live life obsessed with what you eat and caught up in a never-ending battle with your body. So keep focusing on tuning out the diet culture voices and turning up the volume of your body's amazing intuition.